0: In today's episode, we have a new podcast to preview. It's called Money Honestly, and it's by our good friends at Cache. Money Honestly is a podcast all about the pivotal financial turning points that young people have to go through. And that can be student loans, credit card debt, and in this season, we're covering the coronavirus. So once you're done, hit the link in the show notes and subscribe to Money Honestly by Cache today. Shauna Clark drove across the United States to start a new home and a new life. She and her two kids moved from Texas to Minnesota in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic, where Shauna would have started her new job. I was supposed to start on March 16th,
1: so I packed up everything, moved my family up to Minnesota, where I do have family.
0: But there was more to this move than just starting a new job. I was leaving a
1: domestic violence situation. And that was kind of my main, main goal with, was my kids and me safety. As soon as everything started to get worse, I just updated my resume,
0: just kept applying to different positions. Shona did get a job at a specialty clinic where she was scheduling surgeries. But that was at the time when everything was closing down due to the coronavirus pandemic. Jonathan didn't ever start the job she moved there for. In this episode, we hear from her and what that layoff meant for her family, for her personal finances, and for her plans for the future. This is Money Honestly, a podcast by Cache. I'm your host, Denita Tsekova.
1: My name is Shauna Clark, and I am from Minnesota, and I am 33.
2: And, I'm, you were, I'm on the
1: phone, Andre. Sorry. No Carol. Yes, Andre. Okay, sorry. Go
2: ahead. No worries you, know, you were recently laid off. How did that happen, and when did it happen? So I
1: recently moved from Texas to Minnesota, and as I accepted a job in Texas, in Minnesota, and I was supposed to start on March 16th. So I had packed up everything, moved my family up to Minnesota, where I do have family. And the day that I was supposed to start, you know, I did my orientation and I did, you know, I went ahead and started. So the end of the day, they said, you know, with everything going on, I work in a specialty clinic. They stated that the hospitals are going to be shutting down non-essential surgeries. So In that case, my clinic was going to be shut down and people were going to be furloughed because we couldn't schedule surgeries at the main hospitals here. So that was the first day. So they they did offer to pay me for the first week, but said, you know, once we know more of what's going on, when we get the orders from the governor that we can open back up and schedule surgeries, then we'll go ahead and bring you back on and kind of start you know, the process of orientation again, just right now, we just don't know anything. So.
2: And was that an entirely new employer? Or was it someone you've worked for before or had some kind of relationship?
1: It was an entirely new employer. So I had quit my job down in Texas. And I had scheduled the move. And I had already been up here since I want to say May 6th and I started May I'm not May I'm sorry March 6th and I started May 16th so I'd already moved into my new place you know kind of got everything set up and that's when they told me like the end of the day after I'd been training with someone that what was kind of going on after they got word of everything that was going on.
2: And you said you were a hospital worker like did your did your current occupation, was there even more demand now in the pandemic? Like more workload? Not from, I do
1: scheduling. So not specifically for my department, but at least for like the nurses and the RNs. But for my um, department specifically, I schedule surgeries for like specialty clinics. So it wasn't much as a essential need as other departments were.
2: Okay. And is there any information as if when things kind of resume to normal, if you're going to be going back and stuff like this?
1: I've kept in touch with them. And about two weeks ago, they haven't said anything. Our governor did extend um, our stay at home until May 18th. So and he's been giving like regular updates of kind of like the cases and kind of slowly opening businesses. But as far as opening like clinics fully back up to normal procedures and normal visits. He hasn't given the word on that yet. So right now it's just kind of up in the air and it's kind of waiting to see what happens each time. Like if he's gonna extend it again or if he's gonna let it to expire.
2: And what was your first reaction when you heard about layoff?
1: I was really scared. I'm a single mom so the only income I have is what I have for my employer and I have two kids and and I had just moved up here. So everything that I had saved had been used to move to move into my apartment and kind of get bills paid up for a while as far as until I started my job. I was had planned to based on when I was going to get paid, I had, you know, bills Paid up until that point. So I was kind of freaking out what I was going to do. You know, I didn't really have a plan because I had used all my savings. So I immediately applied for assistance out here. But because I had just moved here, I had to wait 30 days to even qualify for anything up here. So that was kind of stressful. My parents have been really good help on helping me financially the best that they can. But because they're 75, they are considered high risk. So there's not much interaction that we can have. But I've so far been able to so far financially make it for now. I did end up being qualified for um, unemployment, but that's just, I've ended up having to file bankruptcy because I don't know what's going to happen. I can't keep up on my credit cards. I'm in the process also of a divorce So that also is taking a toll on me financially. So it's just kind of a lot of stress up in the air. It's affected me mentally because I do suffer from depression and anxiety. So everything that's kind of going on is just like anything else want to hit me in the face type thing. So it's just kind of, I don't want to file bankruptcy, but at this point, the only thing I can afford is making sure I have a roof over my head, food and car that I can get to, you know, my son's appointments.
2: So... I'm sorry that so many yeah. different things are yeah. happening the same time. Thing. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully things will yeah. go back to normal. Um, you, how, how long have you worked for your previous employer? And what was, what was kind of the main reason for you to move for this new job? Was it paying more, better opportunity for you?
1: I had been with them for a year. So in this divorce, I was leaving a domestic violence situation. And that was kind of my main main goal with, was my kids and me safety. I had been applying for, you know, my family is up in Minnesota and I didn't have any family in Texas. So I, you know, as soon as everything started to get worse, I just updated my resume, just kept applying different positions down in Texas to whoever who would do a virtual interview, being that I wasn't in the state yet. And this employer is the one that said they were impressed with my resume, my skills, and just really wanted to bring me on. And were willing to do a virtual interview and a phone interview without me having to make the trip specifically for an interview to Minnesota. So that was kind of I was when they accepted me, that was kind of, you know, my gate, like, okay, I'm gonna go and I wasn't going to leave my current job until I know for sure I had a job in Minnesota and I had a place. So my mom, you know, she went and looked at places for me. And then once I knew that I had that place, then I knew I knew, knew for sure that that's what I wanted to do. So that's definitely what, you know, you know, that's I mean, that's the only way reason why I made the move.
2: So. And did did you move since the lockdown started? Was that making it even more difficult for you? It has because, you
1: know, all these thoughts go through my head. Like, is everything, you know, when is this going to be over? You know, is it, am I going to be able to get back financially to where I was? Just kind of a lot of thoughts like, will everything be the same? Or will I, you know, have to take a while to get back to where I want financially? You know, because my goal was to build a house this year and kind of I had a lot of plans that I wanted for this year. And that's kind of put on hold for right now because, I, you know, no one knows kind of where the economy will go for right now. So
2: and you said one of the first things were you applying for unemployment. Can you tell me how is that going? Have you received any unemployment as of now? It took me forever to get approved for it because they weren't accepting phone
1: calls. So up here, I had to submit all of my, my, basically my wages from Texas. And when I did that, there was issues with it, but they weren't taking phone calls. So in order for me to ask questions about like, why did you deny me? What are you guys needing? It was very much a hassle. You would wait on hold for three to four hours. And then it would disconnect, but they would say, oh, we're not taking calls at this time. So everything had to be done through fax. There wasn't another mode of communication. They didn't have like an email or a chat or anything set up with them not taking phone calls. Like they kind of made everything, everybody work on all the applications, which is fine. But then they should have had another mode of communication for people that have questions about maybe the application process or just issues with their application. So finally, after dealing with them for a month, I want to say the beginning of April, Oh no, the middle of April, I finally got a payment, but it took forever because of everything going on. And I think a lot of people complained about not being able to talk to a person. So then they eventually started taking phone calls, but then again, you're waiting almost five hours just to speak to someone. And if you don't call right early in the morning, you're not going to get anybody in contact. So,
2: yes, I've, I've heard so many stories of people. Yeah,
1: they it's be frustrating. I, yeah. Mean, I understand that they weren't prepared for that many people to apply, mm. but I think there should have been maybe a different, you know, mid, a little bit more organized in case something like this magnitude. Was to happen so that it doesn't occur like this in the future, um, just to be more prepared, especially with that many people applying each day. So, and
2: have you have you gotten any unemployment benefits so far?
1: I have the last couple weeks, which w- made me be able to catch up with rent and catch up with my car payment, just in you know, and buy food. But in the downspot of that, I was qualified for welfare assistance. But due to me getting the extra six hundred dollars, it knocked me off of welfare, which the county said that happened to a lot of families. So people that are getting that extra six hundred dollars, it puts them over income now. So Mm -hmm. people that are getting like food stamps, um, cash assistance or housing assistance now are being told their cases are closing May 1st because they're getting that extra money. So it's like, yeah, you're getting extra six hundred dollars. But then now you're losing all the extra money that you had help for for other things that now you're having to spend with the extra 600. So it doesn't really even it out. It just makes it worse, I feel.
2: So you so you got the additional 600, but then you didn't have access to what? Can you repeat? So in Minnesota, we
1: have what it's called MFIB. So it's where Mm -hmm. families can get housing grants and assistance with food stamps. But because I'm getting the extra $600, it puts me over the threshold for Minnesota income. Oh, wow. So then now I don't get any of those grants because, I according to them, I'm making too much, even though it's something that the federal government is giving us. So it's like it, the balance is off. Oh, wow. So you're saying I qualify for it, but now you're saying I don't because I'm getting extra money from the federal government. So... That's and it's stressful. I haven't heard about that, but it sounds um, very. I've only heard it in Minnesota so far, but that's yeah. just kind of how they work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Wow.
2: And what about the stimulus check? Did you get a stimulus
1: check? I did. I was able to put that into savings. I was able to pay rent for this month um, and get caught up on bills. So definitely, it definitely has helped me. So. Okay.
2: And did you get the additional money for your dependents as well? Yep.
1: I had I went online to update my banking information because I was one of the ones that was banking with H&R Block and they didn't have any of my information, which some people that had H&R Block didn't have any issues, but when I didn't see it in my account, I went on to the my payment And it said that it needed additional information. And I updated my banking information, but they still ended up sending a check. So I don't know what happened there. I mean, I did get the check and I was able to update my address. So it didn't go all the way down to Texas. But it was weird because it said that it received my banking information. But then the next time I checked, it said that it was sending a check. But oh, wow. the check didn't take long to get here, but it was still really confusing because then I had to go to the bank, deposit it, and then wait for the money to come.
2: So, yeah, so it's additional delay for, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said that that helped you. Do you feel that there is a need for a second payment like this for you? I, I would say
1: yes, if depending on if states are going to extend their stay-at-home orders especially for states that are extending them into June I know some states were extending them into June or if they don't see the economy picking back up fast enough in order for people to get back to work especially depending on their their skill set or where they're working I think it might be helpful for another one at least to get people back up on their feet I would think that after that they wouldn't need another one but I think at least, as different states are opening up, another one would help people at least get back on their feet and hopefully by then they would you know be able to be able to be back to work or have a new job
2: by then. Okay. And can you tell me a bit about the main deals you're pay- paying? You say you pay rent. My car um,
1: payment. Yeah. I also have you know my kids' medication because both of them are special needs. My medication because now that I'm not getting health care because I make too much money, I'm having to pay out of pocket for my medication. And then the other bills that I'm paying, I'm trying to pay my credit cards, but it's just I'm only being able to pay the minimum. And then I'm paying for my divorce lawyer, and then I'm also paying for my bankruptcy lawyer at this time. So
2: Okay, can, can we talk about the, the credit cards? Um, yes. Did you did you add additional debt due to the current situation? Correct.
1: Well, not as far as ad- additional debt. I just, I had got caught up with them. But as soon as, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was laid off, I became behind again. So before I had worked, I had, you know, moved up here, I was caught up. But then as soon as I got laid off and I didn't get the unemployment right away, then I became behind again.
2: Okay. And what about the car payments? Is that something you were able to defer? Are you struggling to pay? I that? was
1: able to, after trying to get a hold of them for a couple of, of weeks, to be able to defer it until, until June. I still tried to make at least a payment for the all the interest that's going to add up. So I at least try to make something towards it because in the end, it's just extending how much I owe on the loan. So I do try to, if I do have money left over to pay towards it, but if it's not something I have extra money to do, then it's not something that falls in the priority of, of it. And just having the kids home now has put my grocery bill, what it usually is in the summer to making it an every two to three week thing high. Wow.
2: And how old are your children? Like, are both of them going to school or? Yes.
1: they there are nine and 15. So I have a third grader and a high schooler and they, they eat a lot. So, and they're snacking a lot because they're yeah. bored. There's not really much to do except you know ride their skateboards or you know go for a bike ride or play with their dog but it is something that they are eating a lot more which they would do in the summer which is now extending since March so it's kind of something that my bill has usually during school it's maybe one to two hundred dollars and now it's shot up to three to four hundred a month that I'm having to spend on groceries because because of them not being able to you know because of them not being in school so
2: and what about the rent payments did you manage to defer any of them or you're paying it well, as I,
1: I was able to pay rent they aren't doing any like deferral and they aren't charging late fees though or anything like that they what you what you what you, what you do is you basically go into the office and just kind of do like a promissory note
2: and can you Oh, something happens to your mic. Sorry, no, I have oh, my phone. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, no worries. If you if you want to speak to them, no worries, we can interrupt for yeah. a few minutes. Okay, no that's fine. And you also said you filed for bankruptcy. Can you tell me a bit more about this when did it happen? What were the main drivers for I'm sorry, I heard I didn't hear the first part. Uh that that you filed for bankruptcy recently. Can you tell me a so bit more about the main this?
1: drivers for that? It was actually before, you know, the before the virus going through a divorce and stuff like that I just wasn't able to keep up on the bills like I wanted to and then when the virus struck and that I was not able to basically keep up on payments it just kind of you know I had medical bills from when I had surgery back in 2018 so it just I wasn't able to keep up and then when it seemed like I was it just kind of fell back so I just wasn't able to keep up on them like I wanted to And so I just kind of, you know, I tried working with like a credit counselor, but because I'm not working, I don't have the means to pay, pay them. So at that point, it was just kind of, I'd rather just have a clean slate. So once I am back to work, I don't have all that stress piled up on me again of having to play catch up. So at least I can
2: have an emergency fund and everything. And for now, like you said, you've used a big part of your savings. But would you say you have savings for I don't know, one, two weeks, a month? I don't have any savings at this point. I would say I maybe
1: have two hundred from what I saved from my unemployment check. But other than that, I don't really have right now a wiggle room because I'm putting in extra money into groceries. But I would say. I, I hope to at least put a hundred bucks from each unemployment, but I'm just at this point, I don't have the savings like I did before everything that went on.
2: And before, before those financial struggles we were talking about, were you, were you good in savings? Like how, how much of your paycheck, for example, did you put towards? uh, I would say
1: I put one to 200 bucks every two weeks. And I have, I had a savings that if there was an issue, I could go ahead and, you know, I had like at least three months of rent. Like I had bills for at least three to four months that I could be cut up. But then when everything started happening and then the move, certain things came up during the move that I had to pay extra for. So it wasn't like I had a big savings and then the virus happened. So the money that I still had left over had to be going towards like rent and all all that situation which would have been saved if I was still working. So I still would have had money from the move if it hadn't been for the virus. Yeah.
2: And what, what about healthcare and retirement? Uh, was your healthcare tied to your job? Was I mean, you were in the new job, but were retirement savings part of your um, paycheck? It was I had to, you know, I had to cash out on my retirement
1: from my old job, because, you know, because I wasn't starting a new job, you know, there was nowhere for me to transfer it. And I had needed it at that time, you know, because of everything that was going on. And as far as healthcare, yeah, my healthcare was tied to my old job, but I was going to get it with the new job. And because that never happened, I did have to go ahead and apply for health care in Minnesota, and then that took a minute to get because of them needing paperwork from Texas, and it was just a lot of hoops I had to go through, especially for health care, because I wasn't working.
2: Okay. And did you, did you apply for Medicaid? or?
1: Yeah, up here it's called Medical Assistance and Minnesota Care. So I had to apply, but it was kind of like, again, a lot of hoops that I had to go through. They needed income, why I was applying, and then why I wasn't adding my soon-to-be ex-husband. And just a lot of hoops that I had to go through in order to explain why I wasn't adding him before they initially approved it. So,
2: And when, when did your divorce start? And had it already been finalized? or It, it hadn't it- been finalized. I had been in
1: the process of it. As far as doing the paperwork and everything before the virus and getting laid off. So after I get laid off, I was kind of already in the process. So there really wasn't a way to stop it. So I just kind of wasn't in, you know, in it. So I might as well just finish it out. So.
2: Okay. And you said you've cashed out. Was that a 401k?
1: Yeah, it was a 401k. Didn't have much in it. Because I wasn't sending much to it when I was at my old job, but for whatever I had in there, I wasn't penalized for it because of everything when I did cash it out that was going on. But I did go ahead and just cash it out because I wasn't sure when I would be able to transfer it to a new 401k and just kind of applied it towards the bills that I have. Because with my car payment, I still have to pay car insurance, you know, renter's insurance and all, you know, and that information.
2: And have you, have you considered applying for another job? Is that even an option in the current situation?
1: I did go ahead and apply for other clinic jobs. I just haven't, you know, I've got the, we're not really hiring right now because we don't know what's going on, but I have, you know, submitted job applications for some of the jobs that are hiring and that are opening back up. But it's just that because my skills are different, it just haven't really got any anybody touching on it so
2: and you said that you've worked in that industry for a while have you always had the same role were you kind of scheduling uh, the surgeries before you've kind of moved i my
1: roles have kind of changed my degree is in business management and marketing so that my my degree has kind of changed of what roles i take but i would say it's been in the clinic whether it be like at the front desk as a receptionist or doing clinic care, like taking patients in, scheduling them. So it's kind of been always in the clinic, just different roles throughout the clinic, depending on what my skill set, what they felt my skill set was for.
2: And I guess, well, how do you think, how do you see things going in the next few weeks or months? Do you see you be able to return to work soon, or at least what you're hoping for? I would hope to return
1: to work, but because it's just me and daycares aren't really open and school's not in session, I don't know if they'll have like the summer programs that they usually have. He has signed up for the YMCA for the summer, but with everything going on and they've extended our stay at home, I don't know if they'll still be doing that or if they'll change it and still do it. I guess it just all depends on if I'll have daycare you know, in order, you know, if I'll have daycare for me in order for me to go back to work. So, so it just kind of, it all just depends on kind of what happens. I mean, it's kind of, I'm taking it a week, you know, a, a day at a time right now. And if it, if I can go back to work, I will. If they stop giving the $600, then I'll qualify for other services again. But if they don't, then I would just go based off of you know unemployment right
2: now, so and do you that's kind of my last question. Do you feel that this provided support for now is helping? Do you feel that is enough? both unemployment uh, benefits, the stimulus payments, banks, lenders, and out to uh, out to lenders just giving relief and stuff. Do you think that's helping you?
1: I would say it is. I wish they would kind of maybe pause mortgages and rent and, you know, and make it a state by state situation, I guess in the States that are still, you know, fully shut down or don't have, you know, do have like a stay at home order still, I would hope that they would some, at least do a relief for renters and landlords somewhat so that it could at least a little bit help people because there may be people that don't qualify for unemployment, and that just can't keep up so that when it does come and they are able to do evictions, there's going to be a lot of people that may be out of home. So I wish they would do something around that to at least alleviate that somewhat. And is
2: that a concern for you? Are you worried about not being being able to pay the rent for a few months? Sometimes
1: I worry about it. I would say not at this this time, if it came to it where they're not issuing the $600, then I would say that becomes a concern because I wouldn't make enough in order to pay rent or the other bills. With the $600, I am able to stay afloat. But without that, I I wouldn't be able to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. So,
2: I I think these were only questions. Is there anything I didn't ask you about or just any kind of thought on that whole topic that you'd like to share with me? I just
1: think it's a lot harder out there for everyone. I just wish people would be more kind and understanding to whether you're essential worker or you're not. You know, I've heard some people, will, we're essential. Why aren't we getting unemployment? And I think it's just, it's not that we don't want to be unemployment. I would rather be working than receiving unemployment at this time. It's just the circumstances that are going on. It's, not anybody's fault but especially with people that have mental health issues be kind to them this is you know especially people i was able to get out of a domestic uh, violence situation but there are people that are stuck with their attackers and that can't get out and so i just ask check up on people make sure they're okay if you haven't heard from people in a while and you know that they've been in a domestic abuse situation check on them cuz this this time is makes it tough for people that aren't used to being inside that are now stuck inside either with their accuser or their abuser. And now they, they don't know what to do. And they don't have that connection that they usually do with people on the outside. And it, sometimes it drives people nuts to the point of they're very depressed and their depression may have not been as severe. But now it is depending on what state they're in. So
2: yeah, this is very important. Thank you for adding. You're welcome. And one, one more thing on that point, you you said that for, employ- for unemployment, I've heard a lot of arguments from people that all these benefits are high and are kind of discouraging people to return to work because sometimes it could pay more than your normal job. Yeah. Um, you kind of address that. But what, what do you think about that kind of argument?
1: I would say no, because if, if I'm looking at it with me being paid every two weeks, I would say it's probably two hundred to three hundred dollars less. If you look at what I bring home with unemployment versus what I would bring home every two weeks, it doesn't, it's not as much. The only reason that it's making it for what I bring home is because of the $600. If I wasn't, if they didn't have the $600, I would be making, you know, hundreds less than what I'm making now. So I really, I don't see it as an argument because the only factor that's in there is the $600. So if you take away the $600, then people aren't making as much as they would if they were actually working. So I don't think it's really discouraging people from not working. Mm -hmm. I just think if they were getting more before, as far as in unemployment versus working, I mean, they're only going to give it to people that are affected by it. And And here, at least in Minnesota, you have to show proof that you were laid off due to the virus. So I just, I don't think it would really discourage people depending on I guess each unemployment laws of each state at least in Minnesota I don't see it discouraging people to not
2: work and my last follow-up from what you just said just about the mental health because I like th- there are many struggles people are going through and I guess financial struggles contribute to even even bigger worsening of your mental yeah. health what were how are you taking care of of your mental health in the current situation what's really helping you get through um, I've been doing a
1: lot more workouts at home. Normally, I would be in the gym every day, you know, before work and getting my, you know, that's how I relieve my stress, my depression and my anger. But since I don't have access to the gym, I'm either going for a walk with my kids or my dog, or I'm getting a workout in home and trying to stay positive and motivated, whether it be eating right, or if I'm becoming sad or depressed, and it's nice, I'll go for a walk. Yesterday and Saturday, we were outside all day just in the sun because it was really nice out because Minnesota doesn't see that much sun during the, the couple of months that we do. So anytime there is sunny, I do try to get them outside and off the screen time. With this quarantine, there is a lot of screen time, but I try to get them out as much as possible when it is nice out. And that kind of helps the moods throughout, whether it be my mood, my kids' mood, it just kind of helps all together.
2: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. I really appreciate it. No and problem. I'm sorry that you're going through so many different things at, at one time, but I really hope things are returning to normal very soon in all aspects of your life. And I appreciate it. Thank you. And I really admire what you're doing. And I'm sorry that for the things you've been going through.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Money Honestly by Cache. If you enjoyed this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star rating and review. If you're looking for personal finance advice, check out Cache.com. Until next time, thank you for listening.